Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Talking. I truly appreciate all your love and support. If you love what you heard today and you want to know more, maybe you're interested in coming to a live event. Maybe you want me to come to one of your events. Maybe you want to do some group coaching, some one-on-one coaching. Maybe you want to mastermind and just come and hang out and bring up some amazing ideas, get some awesome goal setting. Maybe you want to be on my podcast. Maybe you just want to talk to me, whatever it may be. I love to hear from you. Please follow along on Instagram and Facebook so you can be in the know of everything that's going on with Power house and with me. You can follow at Steph Iliff, S-T-E-F-I-L-I-F-F. You can also check out my website at www.findyourinnerpowerhouse.com or you can go ahead and send me an email on my website or message me on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and just hear from you and support you and show you all the love and support that you show me. Thank you so much for tuning into Just Talking. Have the best day of your life. What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Talking with Steph Iliff. I am so excited for this podcast and to be bringing it to you every single week to be just talking about all the things that life has to offer us, right? I'm hoping that I can bring you some insights, some laughter, some amazing interviews with some awesome powerhouses who have let go of fear, who have totally stepped into themselves, who are living their best life so you can learn from them. I want to be talking to you every single week as well about different things that are going on in my life as a self-love coach, as a mom, as a woman, as someone who is dating and like the whole dating scene and how it's so important that we date with self-love so we don't ruin our own self-love, how to create, you know, amazing habits that truly stick with you for a lifetime so you become your best self, so you can become your inner powerhouse and how to just let go of fear and fully step into you. So every week I'm going to be bringing you different topics that align with that, different interviews with different amazing people. And we're just going to be talking about it and having the best time. So thank you so much for joining in to Just Talking with Steph Iliff. What is up, guys? I am so excited for today's episode. I have my beautiful friend here, Joy, and she is seriously just a joy. And she is going to talk to you guys about so many awesome things today. But so first off, just kind of introduce her. She's this beautiful mom. She's this beautiful mom in recovery. She's this beautiful wife. She's a wife in recovery. She's a business owner. She is teaching people how to level up and how to really use their, um, how would you say it? Tell me how you said that again, because that was just beautiful how you said it. I don't want to ruin it. I said how to use their rock bottom as a catalyst to something even better, to get to thriving, not just surviving. Yes, and I absolutely love that. So she's going to have her podcast out soon, so we'll link that up here so you guys can all pay attention to that. And also make sure you guys are following her on Instagram because she's just so motivational, so beautiful, so moving, and just how she is as a person throughout her workouts, everything that she does as a mom, as a coach, as inspirational. Like This woman is just, she is so beautiful. So please follow her. I'm just excited to talk to you today and learn from you. So tell me a little bit about how you've gone from survival mode to thriving mode and what's happened for you all in between that from being a wife, from a mom, from recovery, from all that. So just talk to us, girl. We're just talking. And that's why the podcast is called Just Talking. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be on here and excited to meet with you in person because I've followed you on Instagram. I'm like, dang, this girl is awesome. You just know, like there's a vibe with people. Totally. We are on the same vibe for sure. Same frequency for sure. So um, let's see, it was about four years ago now. My marriage totally blew up. We were in a hard stage anyways. I had a two-year-old and a five-month-old. I had postpartum depression. It was just like kind of a rough time. And I had seen hints here and there of trouble in our marriage with pornography, mm-hmm. but I had never like seen it as an addiction or some like huge in-depth problem. And all of this like came to light 
in a very <laughs> epic moment that I can remember. That's my nervous laugh coming out. Um, where I basically discovered that he was talking to another woman via email and like this had escalated beyond just pornography, right? Just And is this like a girl that he met off like a site or is it just like a random person or how? Yeah, it was like a girl off of a random site in like a foreign country, right? Okay. Like yeah. nothing where like they would even meet up in person, but they right. were inappropriate emails. And I was like, okay, this is way bigger than I thought. Right. And I'm done. Like yeah. I, I'm not interested. I had been bothered. Like I was never okay with pornography. I am not that person. Yeah. And I was never okay with it. And it always bothered me, but I didn't know what to do. I felt like there was nothing I could do because I couldn't sure. make him stop. And I didn't want to be his mom. Yeah. And anyone that I talked to didn't really know what to tell me. They were just kind of like, mm, do you yeah. feel like it's because it was like, I feel like this is such a taboo thing that people won't talk about. But I think oh, yeah. that's so, I think, I think even women are addicted to porn too. That they, I think it goes on both sides, but it's definitely more with men. But I think that women don't know how to address it. And I think that, or how to bring it up. So I love that you're talking about this. And I also love, like, I love for you to kind of talk about maybe what if that affected your self-esteem in any way and like what you did to recover with that because and just in the, the world how we live today women feel like we have to be like this kind of a porn star but then also this beautiful wife and mom and it's like how do I do all those things and I'm not and first off like what happens in porn is not in real life and if I can't I can't pull my leg that way sir like I don't know what you want from me no that can't happen I'm not that flexible and it's just like and that stuff isn't real life and those girls don't really like that and it, and that's that's what hurts men too is they they get reliant on that so Go ahead. Sorry. Continue about that. So I'm someone that has a pretty strong self-confidence. So I, I went back and forth between being really confident, being like, seriously, man, what the fuck? Like yeah. there, there are men out there that would die to be with me. Absolutely. Like, I, I was that person like, yes, I know there are men out there that want to be with me. So if this isn't enough for you, like, yeah, cool. Peace out. Yeah. Yeah. Peace out. But then I would go to the other extreme of anytime we're around a really beautiful woman or a woman who's dressed maybe not provocatively, I don't want to say, but just really nice, right? Yeah. I would get insanely triggered and just be like watching him like a hot machine looking at her and I wouldn't even want to be around her. And then I would start to like hate on her for it, you know, like because well, yeah, because that's how our brains work, right? Then we would start to judge them and compare Ooh. ourselves to them and yeah, totally. And then you're around women who actually do want to try to get your husband's eyes and they do and they kind of give you that look of like, huh. I got your man type thing. Ooh. And that always killed me because I felt like in girl code, there's like this code and like girls yeah. know like, oh, see, I can get your man if you wanted. You're like, I'm like better than you kind of type thing. Like yeah. I could with you. Yeah. So it, there was only situations, right? That trigger you in different ways. Totally. So I would waffle back and forth between both of those. I'm not someone that's ever really watched porn or looked at porn. And when I would find the images, it would just totally disgust me. And I would just like, yeah. Yeah. But I knew enough to know, like, that's not real. Women don't actually like that. And if that's what you need, like, sorry, I'm not your person. Yeah. Um, so like I said, that's where I was at with it, but I didn't know how to make him stop and no one knows what to talk or how to help women. Sure. I know when this happened, I knew enough of my own boundaries to say, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. You get to decide where your road goes and whatever you decide, I'm then going to decide where my road goes but my road's not going to go with yours if you keep going down this and you're not going to get real help. 
So I get, how did you know what boundaries were? How are you able to just draw that line? Cause I think for a lot of women that takes years or it never happens. And that doesn't have to be with just like a porn addiction it can be with any sort of addiction or any sort of behavior that's not helping you be your best self or that's hurting you. Um, how are you able to really be strong enough and confident in that? Did you have a support system? Did you, was it just like, yeah, I'm just done. I'm, what is it? Or how, what would be your advice for other women in that kind of a situation? Well, honestly, I had reached the point of burnout where I literally had nothing left to give. So like I had to get to this point of I'm so burnt out. I'm just trying to survive being a mom over here that I have nothing left for you. And actually to be free of you would kind of be relieving Sure. because I don't want to live having to always look over my shoulder. I don't want to live having to watch you and be your mom. I just want to be a mom to my kids and not have to worry about you and this issue. And I guess I was just so burnt out that like, I still loved him as a person, but I was like, I don't, I don't want this anymore. Yeah. Like I honestly just didn't want it anymore. I totally so know. for me, it was just crystal clear. Like there was no more like, Oh, do I, don't I, I knew if I stay here and he doesn't get help, he will for sure have an affair who knows where this will go. It will only get worse from here. This is not good for me. It is not the kind of example I will set for my kids yeah. because I am not someone who's going to tell her son that that's okay to treat a woman like that. And I'm not going to tell my daughter that she has to stay with a man who treats her like that. And I remember looking at how our kids motivate us to finally step up to be our best self. It's like, I would never want that for them. So why am I allowing this? And it helps us to be, that helps us to be like the propeller to go forward with something and to have that be your actionable step. And I think that's beautiful. I love that. So that was kind of like my rock bottom moment. And I gave him 30 days to basically prove to me that I shouldn't file for divorce. And it took everything in me to even just give him 30 days. I just wanted to file and like be done. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you have 30 days and this is what I need to see from you just so I won't file. Does not mean that we're going to stay married. It just means I won't file right now. And on that list was he had to find a counselor who specialized in this addiction. Cause I was like, it is an addiction. I'm going to call it an addiction. You can't stop. Therefore it's an addiction. And you need to see someone who actually knows how to handle this issue. I'm not okay with it just being like a regular counselor. It needs to be someone who knows this issue and can help you with it. And by the grace of God, we found our counselor who literally saved our marriage, like saved him. So we actually found him because the pastor of the church we were going to at that time knew of him. And he like told Peter, no, I have the guy you need to see. And Peter tried to call him a couple of times and couldn't get a hold of him because our counselor's really busy, totally. as you can imagine. And right. he was like, oh, you know, I couldn't get a hold of him. And our pastor was like, I don't care if you have to kick his door down, you're going to see this guy. Like, so, so how, Peter, was that, how was that for you guys going to your pastor? Because I think that's really cool too, that you guys were both able to connect and be vulnerable enough to go share that with someone else to get guidance. Was that hard for you? Or was that just kind of like, you know, this is what we're doing no matter what? You know, and the thing is, we were new to the area, so we were new to this pastor in the church, but I knew when I first asked him to leave that weekend, I think he thought like, oh, she's just mad. Like, I'll just sleep out of the house for one night, like, and we'll like, things will get better. And so he kept trying to come back around. I was like, no, get out. Like, you're, you don't live here anymore. I'm not leaving. I didn't do anything wrong. You're leaving. Yeah. So when he was like, not really getting the point, I asked for the meeting with the pastor. I okay. literally called up our pastor and was like, I need a meeting with you. We just had a bomb go off. And so I told him that I would meet with him with our pastor. So okay. we sat down with them. And so he was brought in from day one cool. and he straight up looked at Peter and said, you need to honor what she's asking for. and You need to get out. 
I love that. And I was like, thank you for saying that. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yes. So anyways, we found that counselor and he and his wife had walked a similar road and had been through their own journey and their own counseling. And they were like 12 years in recovery and he was now counseling and helping other couples with that. And it's really unique because he doesn't just counsel the man or woman. I mean, he, he primarily works with men. Sure. So he doesn't just counsel him alone in his issue. He asks for the couple to come in together. And it's not because he's going to counsel me, but he wants me to hear about it. He wants me to learn about it. He wants me to watch to see what he's telling Peter and to see if he's actually following through. And then he would also use me as like a gauge of like, is Peter lying or not type thing. Mm -hmm. So I had never heard of anybody using that approach before. He actually had to call me to convince me to come in because I was like, people were trying to tell me that I needed to go do marriage counseling with my husband. And I was like firmly against it. I was like, I will not work on my marriage until he works on this issue. This is not a marriage issue. This is a him issue. And again, I don't know how I had such crystal clarity. I look back because I wasn't the healthiest person myself. I wasn't. Um, there's a reason why I was attracted to and married to an addict, right? So I don't know how I had such crystal clarity, but I did. I was like, this is not a me issue. This is a him issue. I won't work on our marriage until he works on himself. And so when they told me this counselor wanted to see both of us, I was like, I'm not going. I will not go with you. This is your issue and you're going to figure it out. So the counselor had to call me and be like, will you please come in? It's not, I'm not going to counsel you. I just want you here to hear it. And I'm so glad he did because I learned so much and I got validated so much because he would, our counselor would put into words for me things that I didn't even know how to express. Mm -hmm. And he would be like, yeah, when she's angry like that, it's because there's fear going on. And I'd be like, oh, yes. Like, what? How do you do <laughs> it? Yeah, you're putting all the pieces together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we started seeing him and it's been this recovery journey ever since. And slowly but surely, it's led to one thing to another. Um, for the longest time, we were doing that counseling with him. And then I ended up doing a recovery group for wives with his wife who runs recovery groups for wives. I love that. What was your experience with that? Did that just give you like a lot of support and guidance and like kind of help you to understand how you were feeling through all that? Because what, what was your thought process through that? I mean, you're saying, yeah, I'm done. This is it. But like, what was really going on for you internally with all that too? Well, you enter this huge stage of grief, stage of grief and if you've never been through grief before, you don't understand mm -hmm. what it is like and how real it is until you go through it and you're literally on the couch. Like, could not believe the emotions that come and feeling like you're just trying to survive every day. While and, you, and you're at this time, Scarlett is five months without you said. <laughs> so you had just had a baby. You're going through postpartum. You're a shit show to begin with. After having a baby, you're just like, oh my God, like what's going on? And then you're adjusting to having two kids now. I don't know about for you, but for me, adjusting from one to two was like, I'm like, no one told me that this was going to be this difficult. Like, so you have all this going on plus then your marriage. And then you're just like, oh my God. And then at this time, are you running your business as well? No. Okay. I was not running a business. So I was just trying to survive. I look back on those days and like, literally, it just felt like ocean waves crashing over you, crashing mm -hmm. over you, crashing over you, and you can't even catch a break. And you can't breathe. You're just like, oh, I want, like you, you're, you're looking for just a breath and you're just trying to hope for it and trying to grasp it from somewhere. And, and every yeah. day feels like a hundred years. So when yeah. people would look at me and say, just give him a year, I would be like, 
are you kidding me? A whole year? And they would be like, it's one year out of your life. I'm like, but every day feels like a hundred years. Yeah. Year feels like forever. Right. Um, So I came out of this grieving stage and for the longest time in grief, I blamed him and said, thank you. You did this to me. Now I'm a mess of person because of you. And like, that's really frustrating. (laughs) I'm fucking angry at you because like, I didn't feel this way before. Right. All your fault. So finally, I got to the point of realizing, you know what, even if he changes, and he was changing, even if our marriage changes, I'm still going to be really messed up. Mm. And I can't escape that as much as I want to, because all I want to do is just run away from myself. I can't escape that. So I'm going to have to get to work on me. Because I don't want to be this kind of a mom. Mm. I don't want to be this kind of a person. So I love that. I get emotional. Um, no, it's good. I, I love that you asked yourself that question is like, I don't want to be this kind of a person. I don't want to be this kind of a mom. And I think that us, us identifying with that helps to be the catalyst to go from surviving to thriving. Cause it's like, okay, well, this isn't how I want to live. I can't live a hundred years a day anymore. This, this shit just isn't going to work. So how do I change that? And I love that. And same thing for me, it was my mindset was, this isn't the person I want to be. It's not the mom I want to be. And that motivated me. So I love that. I love that about you. I think that's amazing. Well, you see it coming out on people that you love and it was coming out on my kids. Right. I I was like, I could just see myself in like, 20 30 40 years being this like old bitter angry like victim person and yeah. my kids like hating me because because who likes to be around that like I didn't even like being around me right. so I was like I will not be that person and if I don't get to work I know I will mm-hmm. so that's when I decided to get to work on me and that's actually when Beachbody came into my life oh get it girl yes <laughs> No, that's honestly what I did to start working on me first. It's so funny when I say that to people. They're like, oh, here comes the plug. And I'm like, no, literally, I was too afraid to go do counseling for me because I was kind of tapped doing all the counseling together. I don't know if you know what that feels like, but you're like, I don't have any more emotional bandwidth. Like, I can't. Because you're pulling up so much every time you're going to counseling sessions or therapy sessions or anything, which I firmly believe, and I think they're so powerful, or having a coach or whatever it may be, because it really helps you discover and like, and heal and deal. But it's a lot of emotional work and it's exhausting. You burn so many calories doing it too. So your body's physically tired and emotional. It's just like, you're like drained. And so you're like, I don't have any more energy to, you have to go home and be a mom. So like, I'm already doing all this and I'll have more energy to work on me. But I love that you still did that because I think that's what a lot of women stop. They're like, well, I don't have energy to give to me because I'm already pouring into others. And as women, we already put ourselves on the back burner. But when you decide, no, like this, I have to do this for me to be a better me. Like what happens from that? And that became like your catalyst of it too. And it doesn't have to be a business, but it can just be deciding and then committing to something. So I love that that was part of your journey. I think that's awesome. So Beachbody comes into your life. What happens from there? Well, I saw the community and I saw them all growing and changing as people. And I was like, Hey, I think I can do that because at least I would work on me and it'll be small things that I can handle. That won't be so emotionally hard. And, um, I knew I wanted a business. I knew I wanted to bring an in income because that was a big part of our story was he was the primary income earner Okay, asking him for money. And I knew like, Hey, if this doesn't work out, like, I don't want to feel like I can't provide for my kids. Right. Like, I'm a pretty independent person anyways. So I hated not having extra income. Yeah. Like I wanted, I didn't want to have to explain to him that I wanted to go get my hair done or like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it as a business. And when I jumped in, I was actually shocked at the community and the love and the support because I've been pretty isolated 
and my story. I isolated hard. And it really, because of my story, people respond with like extremes. So they either want to tell you what to do. And when you're not doing it, they're like, why are, what, why are you even with him? Or they're like, two, why are you making it such a big deal? Mm -hmm. So it's like two extremes and you're like, Hey, not helpful either way to me. Right. Right. I don't don't want you around type thing. All I feel like I'm explaining myself the whole time. So I was shocked at the community that I had. So that's when that all came into my life. That was step number one on working on myself. And then because I had to show up to help other people, that was the best thing for me because it got me out of bed in the morning and showing up for myself because I knew I had to go pay that forward to other people. And there's a time where, yeah, you don't have anything to give. And that was my heavy grieving stage. But when you come out of grieving, you do have something to give, even if you don't feel like you do. Yes. And when you start to get up and take care of you, you realize, you know what? I can at least offer encouragement to somebody else today. I can at least tell somebody else that they're noticed today. I can at least make a gratitude list of three things that I can be thankful for today when I feel like I have nothing to be thankful for. So it was like one baby step at a time, right? And so it was so good for me because it forced me to start doing things that primed different emotions Mm -hmm. because really that's what grief is, is like negative emotions, right? right? So I was priming myself in the morning with gratitude and I was priming myself with looking for other people to help. Isn't it crazy what gratitude does? Like, can we just talk about that for a second? People do not realize if you could just have a heart of gratitude, what that truly it is, that is can be the catalyst of a game changer of your life. That helped me so much. I know it's helped you so much. I know it's part of your daily routine, part of your practice. And that's one thing that I love about you too, is like you have your daily routine and you show up for that every single day. You make it happen. You do it. And it inspires me like just watching you. And it's like, I think that's part of being a leader too, is like, you know, other people are looking up to you. So you're like, well, I, I have to do this. And so it also makes you, but like you want to, but you're like, if I have to make sure that everybody else can, can do it too. It's like helping believe in that. And I love that you use your grief for that, that your grief also became a gift, right? Because everything in our life is a gift if we choose to have heart of gratitude. And so how did you use that finding gratitude or just listing those three things and like making that continuous and what compound effect did that have in your life? Well, that's where it was like, I tell everyone it's baby step after baby step. It's never like a major life overhaul, right? Mm -hmm. It's small and you keep going. And so then after I did that, that's when I got into the recovery group. And I had finally had the guts to like go to a recovery group, which was terrifying. But actually, once you get there and you get the first meeting over with, which is sharing your story, you realize it's exactly what you need because you are meeting other women who get it. And when you're going through something like that, you just need people who get it. and can say Especially like- Especially where before people are like, oh, you just do this, just do this. And these people are like, yep, I get it, sis. Like, I understand what you're going through. I get what you're feeling. Because it's hard to connect with someone if they, because you're like, don't tell me what to do when you've never experienced what I'm going through. Right. And so I love that you found like this community, this connection. I think that's so huge for anything anybody's going through is like find someone who's going through it, who has been there. And then someone who is where you want to be, because then you can get advice from them and you can get advice from people who are in the same battlefield, you know? Totally. And that's where I learned not just real vulnerability, but I learned, I want to say how to be like a real friend 
Because before I had also been that person that was like, if someone's talking to me, I'm like, oh, you should just do this or do that. Or I'd give them my opinion without them asking. And in that group, that Isn't was like, it crazy oh, how you learn about the asking part. Like, oh my God, that was a game changer for me. I'm like, oh, so I should, I should ask if someone wants me to talk back. Oh, my bad. I thought I should just spit out random facts all the time. Cause I'm that important. Like that, that changed my life for sure. For sure. Yeah. And in that group, we were supposed to give, when someone talked, we were supposed to give them positive encouragement back mm-hmm. and see like and affirm something in them. Mm-hmm. And like, that's it. If they wanted feedback, they can ask for it, but we were supposed to like make a judgment statement about them or their husband or anything like that. And I got to really practice that hard core and receive that for the first time in my life. And I was like, this is what being a friend is because I had always been raised to think like, if you're not giving your opinion and you're just supporting someone, even though you don't agree, that's being fake. And now I look at that and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like that is the last thing from being fake because guess what? This is none of my business to tell you my opinion. If you let's want- be real, if someone gives you your opinion without it without it being wanted, you don't you don't care about it anyways. You're like, okay, thanks, and it's like goes in one ear and out the other. But when you're like, hey, what would you do in this situation? You're so much more willing to hear them out. Or if someone asks, like, do you mind if I challenge you? Can I invite you to think of this a little differently? Can I help you see it from a different point of view? You're like, okay, and then you're actually willing to actually hear what they're saying and see what they're trying to tell you. You know, and it changes it. Yeah. So I grew a lot in empathy for sure. And then that led to last year I did EMDR therapy. Oh, that is so powerful. Yes. Yes. Hard. I thought regular counseling was hard before that. Then I did EMDR and I was like, okay, that makes regular therapy seem like a piece of cake, but it works. EMDR therapy works. It is hard. So I did that all last year and I started listening to the Life Coach School podcast two years ago. Oh, Brooke Castillo is my girl. Brooke, be on our podcast. Brooke, we're calling at you, girl. Come to us. Let's get her on our vibe. Yes. My life just with her podcast. Right? Like I've never done her coaching group. I've thought about it. But like just her podcast because I would do the work. I would do a thought download. I would print out the model and like do it. And I would really listen to what she was saying and like dig down to the root of my thoughts and realize. I think oh, it's God. key what you said though is you did the work because that's great if you listen, but if you're not going to go then apply it, take the action step, nothing's going to change. If you're not willing to change and do the work for it, nothing, everything's going to always stay the same. You can listen to a million podcasts, read a million books, but if you don't ever apply anything, you're always going to be in the same situation. So I love that you said like you did the work for it, you know? Dug into my thoughts, began to start realizing, oh my gosh, I can change those, which therefore means I can change how I feel, which therefore means I can change how I act, which therefore means I don't even have to feel all these emotions all the time because I'm no longer judging other people for what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> so much more neutral, right? Because you're Ooh, yes. you're suffering. So I don't need to have an opinion about everybody else and everything that they're doing. And I can have a lot more compassion and understanding with other people. Absolutely. No. Anyways, it's been like this journey to now I'm at the point where I can look back and go, I don't think I ever would have worked on myself like this if we had never gone through our story. Like, I think I had these holes in me long before Peter came into my life. Going through our story magnified them Mm -hmm. because, I mean, that's, that's just true. That's like what my EMDR counselor told me. She was like, the reason it hurts so bad is because it's tapping into wounds you already had. Right. That makes so much sense. So I don't think I ever would have done the work or looked at myself and I can't imagine still being that person today. Like I am so glad that I am not that person anymore because that person is not anybody I want to be like. Right? <laughs> today. 
no. if you if you guys aren't watching, but she's like tearing up right now because it's just powerful to see. And I, I love that. It's like, because you remember where you were at in that phase of your life and like what hurt and how it was going and the trauma of that. And then it's also, it's like beautiful tears too. Cause you're like, thank you, Jesus, that I'm out of that situation. And here I am today, like thriving. And it's, it takes work. And I love how you said, like, even just last year, you're still working on it. It's a, it's a practice every single day. It's not like you just like click into it and it's great. It's like working out. Like you don't just get abs right away. It's constant process. You have to do it every single day, work for it, eat right. Like do everything, you know, oh. how was that? how would you say your marriage is today? And like, how do you guys communicate today and to stay in check with each other? And like, what is that? What does that look like for you guys now? And we're going to be sharing some of this on the podcast too, when it launches. So I'm excited. Oh, good. But we have like systems and things in place now, obviously after going through counseling that we've learned how to do. And a lot of them are like emotional check-ins because well, a big part of his recovery was learning how to get in touch with his own emotions. Um, Is that really hard for you to watch him go through therapy like that? Like after you were kind of stopped, like the mad stage at him, then was it ever, what happened? Like when you're watching him change and going through all his processing and stuff too, like, did that bring you guys closer? Was it still a time of like being really far apart or how did you guys like come back to being in the same home and stuff together? No, it definitely brought us closer together. I think, I don't know where we would be today if we hadn't have done his like counseling together. Cool. Because I wouldn't have been able to see that or understand or even hear about the trauma from his childhood and realize that these issues all started when he was a little kid and he was in an abusive family and just needed an escape. Mm. Like this actually saved him from getting into like drugs and alcohol because every counselor he's ever seen has been like, with your story, you should be on the streets or dead or in prison. Like, I don't know how you're not. And so that gave you kind of more empathy and compassion to understand like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, it's not about me. It wasn't like you were dissatisfied with me or like that I wasn't serving you. It's like, you're on your own shit and this is how you dealt with it. And I think that's important, like in relationships and stuff is that it's, it's really not about you. Like that whole thing, like, it's not you, it's me. Like that shit is so true though. And people don't ever understand it. It's like, no, that that's actually so valid. And like when I had my emotional affair on my husband, it was 1000% me. It was and it was also because I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to speak my truth. I didn't know how to like bring up any of my issues. And so it led me to push out rather than to be, be who he needed me to be, you know? And I love that you guys were able to find that and work that together and see like, okay, he's dealing with his shit and I'm going to deal with my shit. And then together we can come together with it. And that's beautiful. Yeah. So that's what it looks like a lot today is like, I mean, we've got to know each other in ways we never knew each other before like the last couple of years and we have conversations now that we never would have had before. So we're way closer now. And I think I knew that that's what was missing all along. Like, you know, when something's off and I knew when we got married, I was like, something is off. Like we're supposed to be like, like it felt like he was holding me away. Right. And he was, yeah. Oh, how to let me in. And he was afraid if he did that I would find out. Right. And so now it's like, I mean, we both even can recognize each other's kid when each other's kid comes out. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Oh, got a little kid inside. Like, would you put your temper tantrum back, please? Like, can we try that one more time? Come back as an adult. Try yeah. one more time. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm always like, oh, good. The eight-year-old's here. He's a real jerk. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. I um, love it. Like, my kid comes out, too. Like, things that we never would have talked about before or never understood about each other before. But it's beautiful because we have way more empathy for each other and way more compassion and it's still frustrating and triggers still happen, but they are a lot farther and fewer, fewer between because we've worked so hard on everything. And I've become so much healthier 
that it's truly true. Like when stuff happens, I can be like, that's not about me. That is about you. So go deal with it. We'll try again. Right. And isn't that so beautiful to be able to, to realize that and be like, okay, yeah. And, it, and that, that is emotional intelligence. That's emotional awareness. And that's so much inner growth to be like, that's you. That's not me. Cool. Like, and it doesn't affect us anymore. Or like to not, to not compare, to not judge, to have this empathy, this compassion, this gratitude, all these things, all these words that you're talking about, none of that could have happened without that inner growth. Because otherwise it's like, do you feel like you became awake? I would like to say, because for me, that's what I would call it. It's like my awakening because before it's like, you're so numb and closed off that you don't see, you literally don't see the world the same anymore. Right? Like, no, a hundred percent. I, it's like waking up out of the matrix. Yes. Oh my God. I always use that. I'm like, and then I'm like, is the matrix actually real? Like I thought I was to try to say, I'm like, wait, is this a real thing? Is Keanu Reeves about to pop out this closet? Cause it's just like, it could like, it's, it, it's our own reality of our head that, and it's just you deciding to choose the thoughts that empower you or disempower you. And I love that you said that too. It's like, it's just finding that how I want to ask if you're okay at this, like, how is your guys's romantic relationship now from that? Has that been hard to like connect in that way? Or what did that process look like for you guys? So that's a work in progress. I'll say that. Okay. That it, you know, it will be, it's been harder for him. Okay. Let himself off the hook. Gotcha. Because the guilt, I'm like, is still kind of there in a sense or, okay. Yeah. And because recovery fo- focuses so hard on like, it's not about SEX. It's about emotional connection, spiritual connection, like gotcha. all the other parts of intimacy that usually people try to use sex to fill. You're Rather supposed than to actually talk or actually connect, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're supposed to connect spiritually, intellectually, proximally. Like there's a whole, there's all these ways that you're supposed to work on that now he's to the point where it's really hard for him to be like, well, wait, did I check all the boxes? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, God. Can you stop like overthinking it? <laughs> like, no, please. I need it. Like, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, you're totally overthinking it now. And I think it's just hard for him to make that switch of like, totally. oh, wait, I was told like I needed to really work on this because he did in the beginning really need to like focus on that. So finding your way out of that. Yeah. Like the pendulum went from one side to the other, you know, and it has to come back to the middle. For yeah, true. So we're still making our way back to the middle, I would say. I love that. How has that been for you? I'd like to ask, um, cause I know, and this is a, more of a personal question for me is that, so me and my ex went through a time where we just didn't have sex or anything. And I really took that against me, like for my own body issues and like my own, I, I, it got so into my head. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm like this ugly, terrible person. Like he doesn't want me like all this stuff. How was that? How has that, has that been any of your thoughts or have you had to deal with any like limiting beliefs of that or been triggered by any of that? And if so, like what has been your process to help yourself with that? So actually that was an issue before rock bottom happened. Okay. He was getting in other places. Right. right. And so for him being with me, I was turned down a lot and I kept being like, really dude, like you're going to complain to your friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and that, that rejection is hard. Like I, there was one time I vividly remember, I mean, I got like a laundry and like did this whole thing. And like, he was just like, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. Like it, it, it literally broke me. It broke me, you know? So how, how was that? I guess. So, so tell me that, like your story of that. So that for sure was crushing before because I was like, what is wrong with me? But at the same time, I was like, no, I'm pretty sure there are guys out there that would like to sleep with me. So right. again, going back and forth. So afterwards, I mean, I didn't want it, right? Like you don't want it for a long time because you're so hurt. You're so wounded. Totally. It sucks. You're like, how could I ever be with them again? Right. But so like not having it didn't really bother me, but now, because again, I've worked on myself so hard, 
I know like that's about him. So yep. again, I'm like, if this comes up, that's not about me. Yep. That's about him. I love it. But we can talk about it in ways that we couldn't talk about before because I can say, Hey, what's going on? Like, I, I would really like this. I would like for us to be close. Can you tell me where you're struggling? Like we can talk about it. And whereas before, I would just be like, okay. And he'd be like, yeah, no. And I'd be like, what? Like, what? What are you talking about? Why? Yeah. And he'd be like, I just don't want to. And there was like a conversation, right? Because he didn't want to like tell me. Because then you go into rejection mode and then we're like, oh, it's about me and blah, blah, blah. Whereas now it's like, okay, no, it's, it's about you do your thing. How can I help you? How can I support you? Where are you at? Check in with me. And I think that that connection that, and that vulnerability of being able to have that conversation, that is the most powerful thing that you guys have probably done in your relationship is having these connections, this, these vulnerable discussions and just, and how, how, what has that done also like with your kids and stuff? Cause your kids get to see you guys like forming this beautiful marriage of communicating, of talking, of being real, of being aware. Like how has that helped you guys show up as different parents? Or if it has, like, could you explain a little bit about that? Oh my gosh. I, again, it's like another reason I'm so grateful for this because I'm a completely different parent than I was before. I was raised in a house where it was very much like, um, put your emotions away and just do it. Totally. So I'm awesome at just getting shiz done, no matter how I feel. Always, is, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a blessing and a curse. But I can be very much that way with my kids, right? Mm -hmm. And I was starting to be that way until going through all of this. And so we have conversations now with our kids about emotions, and we teach them how to do check-ins. And we do check-ins at the at the dinner table, and ask everyone to check in with what they're feeling. I and on to the feelings doctor with them, which is kids therapist. Yeah. And he just teaches them like words to help them identify if they're stormy or sunny or calm. Like I love that. That is so beautiful. So beautiful. I love it. Yeah. So and we have Simon and Scarlett. That's all her kids' names. They're just like the cutest. So how has do you do they do that, do that with each other too? Does Simon ever be like, Scarlett, what are you feeling? Or like have you ever noticed that with them? Yeah. In fact, if like one of us is upset, she'll be like, how are you feeling? Oh my God. I love it. Oh, so no. cool. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. She's like, are you feeling frustrated? Oh, I'm like, oh like listen, God. Scarlett, I don't need to check in right now. Okay. You need to go sit in timeout. No. So whatever it is, but I love that. That's so awesome. So this really became this whole propeller or like the catalyst for your whole family to like do a whole makeover and just become this amazing power family and this power relationship with you and your husband. And then like how you guys are with your kids. And it's just, it's a constant practice every single day. And I love that you're doing that with your kids, with your relationship. How has that applied to you also in your business? I think, I think you're just this awesome mom entrepreneur and business coach. So how did that also take effect into your business? Well, I think obviously being successful in a business like mine, where you're helping other people grow their own businesses and work past their own limiting beliefs, right? Like it's all about coaching people, not oh, coaching them in a business sense, but coaching them through their mindset, through their beliefs, right. through their own emotions. Right. And so I don't know that I would have been able to do this, number one, because I wouldn't have known myself. Right. And number two, I feel like I have a story and a purpose now, and I have women out there waiting to hear that they're not crazy and they're not alone. Yes. And have something to offer them of like, dude, we've got a community. We've got a tribe. Like, yes. Like come level up with us. It doesn't matter. My voice and my story has always been, I'm not here to help you like save your marriage. I can't do that. I don't have all the answers. I can help you get hope for you. I can help you work on you. And like, it doesn't matter what's going on in your marriage. You can always work on you and you can change your situation by you changing. 
So like, let's level you up, babe. Yes. All the levels up, please. Can we like every single person? I think that's huge is that anything in life, it starts with you. It starts within. It starts with your mind. Like if your mindset is not right, nothing else can happen for you because that is truly the foundation of everything. And you're just going to keep pouring stuff on it and nothing's going to actually stick until you get your mind right. And then you can, it can be in business. It can be in your relationship and anything. I just think it's so huge for that. And I love that you said, I'm not coaching you how to run your business necessarily. I'm coaching you how to do you. And once you do that, everything else will flow because you're taking care of you. I love it. I love it. Because pain is inevitable, but suffering is always optional. And Mm -hmm. so many women are suffering from their own choices. Let's change you. Let's change those thoughts. Let's change your actions and how you're showing up for yourself. And the pain is far less. At least the suffering is. Right? Well, then you're actually in control too of like what you're allowing to make you suffer or what you're choosing for that. And it's using different words and reframing the way that you think and and how you speak and all of that. I think it's so beautiful that you're doing that. And you you have such a successful team too. Like you're helping inspire all these people. What's your goal with your podcast? Like what are you wanting to help people with with that? I just have felt ever since going through this that like, Every time I talk about this, I get so many women that reach out and say, thank you for talking because I don't know anybody else who's been And like, they want to ask me all the same questions. And so I've wanted somewhere for them to go because I love talking to them and I love helping. But when you're explaining the same concept over and over again, you're like, sure. it would be really nice to have a resource that I could point them to. So I'm going to use it for that. But also I'm just really passionate about growing and leveling up. Yes. Wanted a podcast that's focused on, yes, you've been through something hard. Let's use that to your advantage. Let's not stay a victim. Let's not stay in the suck because we all go through hard. Mm-hmm. We all have a reason that we can stay where we are. We all have a reason that it's somebody else's fault, but we don't have to. Like right. we can change. We can take something that should have taken us out and use it to actually get us somewhere even better than before. So let's do that. Yes. So I just wanted to offer like that place of hope of like, this doesn't have to take you out of life. And this doesn't have to make you that angry, bitter victim, 50 year old lady that like looking back going, man, I just wasted my whole life because right. happened. Right. So what would be your advice to people to level up then? What would be their, their first step that you'd want to give them to help them with that? Um, and then what would be a, a good book? I know you were recommended the life school by Brooke Castillo. That podcast is just amazing. What would be a good book that you recommend to our audience that they could use to level up? And like, what would be your tips on leveling up? Oh my gosh. Well, my, I know, first, I know it's very broad, but just like what you can give. My first advice to people is always start with you. Mm-hmm. Like you are the problem and the solution in your life. Yes. It's not other people. It's not up to your marriage. It's not even waiting on your husband to decide he wants to do the work. So pick something that you can do for you and preferably with a community because you can't do it alone. You need a tribe. You always need a tribe and it's going to teach you vulnerability. Like all the things that you said that taught you and like how to show up as a real friend, as a woman, like all these different things. Had you not experienced that you wouldn't. So I love that. But pick a tribe that's going where you want to go. Because you are the average of the five people you hang out with. So if you don't like your averages right now, it's probably because the people that you're hanging out with aren't going really where you want to go. Right. So like be intentional with that tribe. Go find the tribe that's going where you want to go. That's working on themselves. That's growing and join them. 
Um, as far as a book goes, I mean, that's a broad question too. I know, because there's so many. Like, I know, there's so many. But Brene Brown, I read like all of her books when I was going through everything, right? And also, can we please get her just to be in our tribe? Like Brooke and Brene. We're trying, we're calling at you girls. We are calling you in. Please come hang out with us. I'm like, why does Renee not have a podcast yet? She needs one. But hey, right though, because I would listen to that every single day in my life. I would too. I love her books. And especially if you're in recovery yourself, I think it really helps talking about vulnerability and shame and all of that. Jesus. So I think that's just a good place to start. Obviously, the Life Coach School podcast is a good place to start. Yes. Leveling up. Pick something that you can do that forces you to get up 30 minutes earlier every day. That's the first thing that I started doing was getting up 30 minutes earlier every day and getting a workout in. Get it, girl. I just started with that. And I would just sweat for 30 minutes, 30 minutes earlier than I was used to getting up. And I forced myself to start doing that. And then when I did that, that's when I was like, oh, maybe I should do this gratitude devotional that I have. And I added that in. And I started doing that together with it. And then it slowly changed to like more and more and more and more. And that starts a ripple effect in your life that you can't even foresee happening. Yep. But it starts with just doing one thing where you get up 30 minutes earlier and do something to take care of you, something to invest in you, whether that's mindset, whether that's moving your body. I mean, Rachel Hollis is the queen of preaching about getting up earlier, especially in the last few days. It sucks. People think I'm a morning person. I'm not. My husband will tell you I wake up with a vengeance. I am not happy to get up. But I do it because I know it sets me up for the rest of my day. It primes yeah. you to feel the emotions that you want to feel and to step yeah. into the you want to be. I love that you use prime. I think that's beautiful. I think it, like, and I do the same thing. I wake up really early. I think that's why we're soul sisters. It's like we see each other we're like, yeah, let's go get it, get it, get it. And it, cause it is, you start the day and you let the day, either you have the day run you or you run the day. And if you win the morning, you win the day always. And it, cause you're not always going to wake up primed and in this peak state and be like, oh yeah, it's going to be beautiful and unicorns are everywhere. But you put yourself in that state because it is a choice every day when you wake up who you want to be. And so you can wake up and go into like, oh yeah, today's going to suck and it's going to suck. Or you can wake up and be like, I'm going to prime myself to put myself into the best position possible. And if that's moving your body, if it's mind growth, if it's what, if it's just sitting in silence. And I think it's important for moms to that in order for you to really take time for you, a lot of time you, you may have to wake up earlier to do that. And so make that a priority and make that a choice. And that it's going to be hard, but it's going to be harder if you don't. And so do that. And then you see, like you said, it just becomes more and more and gets added to it. And you start to believe in yourself more because you're like, if I can wake up early and start to do these little things, what else am I capable of? And it's just one little catalyst of that, you know? And I think when you really focus on what you're adding in, as opposed to what you're cutting out, mm. it leads to naturally letting things go that aren't serving you. So, so for example, when I committed to getting up 30 minutes earlier and was like, this is now a non-negotiable for me. Yes. And I realized a couple of days and I'm really tired. Then I was like, huh, so what do I need to do to be less tired to make this happen? It wasn't, well, I guess I can't do it anymore. It was, okay, so what do I need to do to make this happen? Since this is a non-negotiable, huh, maybe I shouldn't stay up late watching reality TV and drinking wine. Yep. Maybe I should go to bed. So then I started going to bed and that cut out reality TV. And then pretty soon I started not wanting the wine every night because it's hard to get up and work out when you're drinking wine every night. Literally same exact thing. When I started waking up early, I stopped drinking. I stopped watching TV. because I'm like, I can't, if I, if I, if I've made this commitment to myself and if I keep doing these things, I can't keep the promises to myself. And it wasn't same thing. I'm like, it's not me stopping the promise. It's what do I have to give up so I can make sure this promise stays. 
But everybody, when they want to get healthy, focuses on what do I need to cut out? What do I need to get, give up? And I'm like, no, make your list of what you're going to do. Yes. Focus on where you're going. Focus on what you're going to do. And the other stuff will naturally, there's not room for it. Exactly. And that's the key to success. Because when we look at what we're just trying to cut out, that's when we're like, I don't want to. I want it. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's just where we're focused, right? right. Don't focus on where you're going, what you're going to do. And why is that so important? Like, what's the feeling attached that I think is so cool too? Because it's like, why do I want this? I know what it does for me. I know waking up early, how I feel later about it. And so it's like focusing on that feeling will create that motion for you too, to be like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna be happy getting out of bed at four o'clock, but I will be happy later. So it's fine. I'll make it do it. And then I love that. It's awesome. Beautiful. Is there anything else you want to add? Like, how can our people find you? How can they reach out to you? When is your podcast going to be up? How can I get all this awesome juice? Like you're just so amazing. So tell them how they can find you, how they can hear from you and get more from you. So you can follow me on Instagram at joyherrington.fit. The podcast is called Level Up Babe. And I'm shooting to launch that in the beginning of November. I've not picked a date yet. So follow me for that. Um, I'm really excited because my husband's going to come on and share our story together and he'll be on every so often with me cool. talking about marriage stuff and all of that um, growing together. And then we're actually in the early stages of launching a marriage course for couples in recovery. We're talking to a videographer right now. We're going to shoot this whole course, basically teaching everything that we learned, mm-hmm. put it into like an eight to 10 week module. So we're really excited to put that together and like pay it forward. I think that's so beautiful that you guys are going to do that. I literally, when you were talking about that, I'm like, I hope she's going to be like, do something about marriages and help people through this and just help them see both sides of it. I think that's beautiful. And the fact that that became your guys' gift too, right? Is you had to go through this beautiful challenge, but it became what made you guys who you are today. And it's helping people through that. I love that you're giving back in that way. Well, I mean, I look at like our counselor and other people that we first met when we were going through it. And if they hadn't shared their story, if they hadn't been vulnerable, like where would we be? So I kind of, as like we need to pay this forward because who are we to say there aren't people out there that are waiting to hear it so so it's kind of like when you find your gift through your trauma it becomes yeah. your passion and your purpose too right and it becomes so seeing it seeing it from gratitude i think people are always like how do i find my purpose find gratitude your purpose will come like if you if you focus on what you had to be thankful for and what le- life lessons you've been taught and how beautiful it is and how amazing it is and you do the work on that that becomes your purpose like always. Totally. I love it. Well, girl, like seriously, you're so amazing. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you just for being you, for being this beautiful gift of life and just like who you are and your story for sharing it. I have mad chills like everywhere the whole time because you're just like so amazing. So thank you for teaching me and helping me and and just talking to me today. You're beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been so fun chatting. I will for sure be having you on my podcast too. Yes. Yay. I cannot wait. So amazing. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll link up all her stuff so you guys can follow her along. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into just talking today. I hope you got some value out of it. I hope you learned something. I hope you laughed. I hope you cried maybe a little bit if it's one of those kind of episodes. I just want to thank you so much for all your love and support and you just tuning in. It really means the world to me. If you would do me an extra solid and whatever platform you're using right now to listen to it, if you just go ahead and subscribe so that way you can always know when a new episode drops for you so you can be in the know. And also if you would just go ahead and leave me a little review, mark that star, whether it be the first star or the fifth star, whatever you're feeling that day and leave me a little review. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much again for all your love and support. Sending you all the love and light your way. Thanks again for tuning into Just Talking. Have the best day.